The following is a workshop from the 2018 SDMI Leadership Conference in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you for listening. Well, good afternoon. Oh, let's try that again. Good afternoon. How are you guys? Everybody good? Are we in the post-lunch swamp? Do we need to do some calisthenics? Because I have had a lot of caffeine, and I am ready. I hope you are, too. <laughs> well, my name is Kim Bob. I am, well, I have been the pastor to children and their families at New Albany Nazarene, which is a suburb of Columbus, for 11 years. Before that, I was the elementary pastor at Grove City Nazarene. Um, and as of last night, in an official board meeting, I am now the family life pastor, which means uh, next-gen pastor at our church. So pretty excited about that. Um, kids and volunteers are my life and my calling and my passion. And so I am honored today to be here to share with you some of the things that I've learned along the way um, about how to recruit and how to not just recruit bodies um, and people, but to recruit teams who will be invested in what you are doing. Because the, the truth is that bodies don't get the job done, right? Right, and bodies quit, right? Mm -hmm. And bodies make other things a priority, right? But people who are team members, are, who are committed and passionate and feel like they belong, they won't make excuses um, to go other places. They'll make excuses to be with you. And so I hope today that I can teach you a little bit about what I've learned in 16 years of full-time ministry about how to do that and um, how to bring people around you who can really take your ministry to the next level, okay? Um, I put little blanks on your paper, and if you don't want to fill them out, there's not going to be a test at the end, but it's to make sure you don't fall asleep, okay? <laughs> and and uh, I may be known to throw things, so just you should just pay attention, okay? Because you don't want to get hit in the head with a piece of candy. That could be really detrimental to the rest of your day. <laughs> you have to wear a patch or something and get hit in the eye. Well, we're going to jump right in. Recruiting, it says in that very first blank, the right people is key to making your ministry successful. It's key to making your ministry successful. Okay? I can have a Sunday school class um, or a Bible quizzing class or a youth group event or um, something that we're doing in children's ministries. And if the people that are there are not welcoming, are not friendly, are not engaging, are not age appropriate, aren't fun, Who's going to want to say that's a kid? Nobody, right? Right. If the lady that I have checking kids in on Sunday morning is standing behind the desk and she's like, what's your name? Here's your ticket. Right? Nobody wants to be part of that. And, and as the gatekeeper for my ministry, if she, her face isn't smiling and exciting and welcoming to a new family, they think that everyone on the team is like that. Right? I mean, we hate to say that, but perception is reality. Um, to those people who are new in our churches. And so finding the right people is key. So anybody can recruit help, but the right people will have the right skills to make your ministry great. And so it all starts somewhere. Here's where it starts. With vision. Okay, with vision. Let's start with vision. You guys sitting around the room, how many of you are volunteers in your local churches? Raise your hand. How many of you are staff people in your local churches? How many of you are full-time? How many of you are part-time? Cool. So we have a pretty good mix, which is awesome. But listen, gang, it starts with vision that comes from you as the leader. 
If your vision runs into the back of the worship center and looks for the first able-bodied person that you can find, and you grip them with white knuckles, and you say, you, Steve, are going to be in the nursery today. Come with me, right? People will start to avoid you, and they become scared of you. They do not want to be part of what you are doing, okay? So when we cast vision, when we start there, then people kind of know what to expect from your ministry. We are not the people who watch the children. Amen? Amen. Right? If one or more person says that to me in my ministry, I may just pull out the right hook and clock them. Right? <laughs> we are not the people who watch the children. We are the people who pour into the next generation of believers. The body of Christ who we are empowering to go into all the world and make disciples. Now, which team do you want to be part of? That team or the team of people who just teach the children? Right? Buy yourself some platform time to share your vision. I don't mean preach an entire sermon with 12 points on the slides and 86 children. I mean five minutes. It could be a video clip. It could be you personally inviting people to join your team, but let them hear what you're about. That's super important. It's so important that we're gonna take just a minute right now to clarify what that is, okay? So you may talk at your tables, but not across tables, because we're gonna share our ideas in a minute. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself this question, okay? What is my vision? Not what is the vision, what is my vision? What have I prayed and asked the Lord to give me passion and vision for, and what is that? Okay, some of you are looking at me like deer in headlights, so let me clarify, okay? That does not have to be a 12-point dissertation on why you think ministering to children or teenagers is important. What it does need to be is um, the fuel that fires everything else that happens in your ministry. Okay, so for us, our church vision is reach, teach, serve, period. It's really simple, right? We want to reach the lost. We want to teach them and disciple them. We want to teach them to be the body of Christ and to serve. So for us in children's ministries, that translates to um, we have been recessed ministries literally until this past Sunday. We're going through a lot of change in our church. <laughs> it's all good, and it's so exciting to be part of it. But there's some things I'm still clarifying in this process. So we've been recessed ministries for 11 years. And the drum that we have beat for recess ministries is this. Dig deeper, live louder, play harder. That's important. It lines up with the main vision of our church, but it says this is that in kid-friendly terms, and this is how we're going to do it. So that's our vision for children's ministry in our church. As of this past Sunday, we are now Grace Life Church of the Nazarene instead of New Albany Church of the Nazarene. Um, because we have a second campus, and we can't be a geographic church name in another church or in another community, right? So we've renamed our church. We've come under this umbrella of new vision, all of us, all ministries. And that sometimes is a hard thing to do, right? Because we're in children's ministries, right? We're going. We're going. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you not on the bus? Because this bus already pulled out. You're chasing behind it. So... We are in a place of kind of rephrasing that. It doesn't mean we're changing who we are or what we believe, but what it does mean is we're changing how we say it. 
So for Grace Life Kids, it's still going to be we're reaching, we're teaching, we're serving, but what does that mean for kids and what does that look like? So I'm going to give you two minutes to just jot down what that is. I know some of you are A-plus students and you've already done that. <laughs> so take just a second and write that down and then we're going to go around our tables and share what those are because here's what I know. Iron sharpens iron and there could be someone sitting at your table that is going to say something today that's going to be like, oh, why didn't I ever think of that before, right? So I want you to look for those aha moments at your table and then I want each table to share an aha moment with the group. Good? Okay. Why do I have to empower you to talk? I'm very confused. <laughs> this is out of my wheelhouse.
very cool. Okay, two minutes is up. I just appreciate that you are talking. <laughs> All right, you guys look like you are super engaged. What's our aha over here? Do we have an aha? Like, ooh, that was something really good that I didn't think of before. Relationships. Okay, so share really loud. <laughs> I'm in a very snarky mood. This Kelly's week. very snarky, and I'm not going to apologize for that, but we are going to hear what she's going to say. Okay, okay teach us. I have nothing revolutionary. I often think when I'm teaching whatever I'm teaching, I'm trying to help a child understand or the room understand that Jesus pursues us yes. and that he wants a relationship with us. And if we're two years old or 90 years old, he wants a relationship and we are capable of having a relationship. Cool. Very cool. So how does that fit into your vision then? Erin <sighs> just smiles. I, just I like it. that is my vision. That they, well, what I'm, what I'm going on to say, what I said to them is that um, it would be lovely in my world in the church world and kingdom of life if children stayed in the church forever and just grew up and made where Christians went to heaven. But I know that's not the case for many kids, and so that fits with my vision that I want them to know that God's always pursuing them. That if I say that enough and if I can cultivate in their sure. heart when they're when they're older and they're right. making real decisions and they know they're bad decisions, that they're always hearing but I know God's pursuing me. Right. There's nothing I can do that can separate me. So what I'm, me. what I'm hearing you say is that you your vision is to raise up rooted and grounded disciples in Christ who know that he is in pursuit. Very good. There you go. Write that down. No, I'm just using the Erin, you were smirking like you had something to say, or were you just smirking? No, I was just being okay. annoying. Yeah. I only know Aaron's name because I accosted him in the lobby upstairs right in the middle of the conversation and said, please take my picture. Oh, yeah, that was good. my best intern I ever had in all my years of ministry, Holly, and her sweet babies. Oh, yeah. And her one baby was NICU baby this year, almost didn't even survive. A miracle, miracle, miracle of the Lord. So just a great celebration moment. So thanks for doing that for us. All right, you guys look like you're ready to roll. Give us an aha moment from your table. What is a vision? Who wants to share one? All right. <laughs> uh, I'm not a really a children's worker. I used to be a pastor. I'm the SDMI president for my district and That's a senior pastor. That's a very pastor. valuable thing. Don't say, I right. used to be fun. Right. So, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for our church, our main our main vision is reach, teach, love, and together. Awesome. And for our kids, what we really want to happen on Sunday mornings is we want them to, as much as we can, create a real encounter with Jesus That's on the awesome. level. So that way, they we can't make them make that decision, but we want to give every opportunity for the Holy Spirit to Good. just touch them. Valuable and worthwhile, and I want to be part of it. I kind of want to come be part of your team. I think that sounds awesome. Very cool. What about over here, Dane? Um, 
Um, I, I break from the mindset and the vision of assisting families and raising people of God. That's awesome. And so we do what we do, and we love and we serve on Sundays and Wednesdays, but our main goal is to empower parents to, right. and to it disciple their right? Exactly. That's awesome. All through the week. Very important. We have them for two hours every week. Parents have them for a bajillion. There's a number. It's not in my head right now. Not, not enough caffeine. <laughs> or too much. Or too much. <laughs> That's a thing, right? That's a thing. Awesome. How about you guys? So... Um, maybe we mis mis misunderstood, um, uh, but just talking real briefly was um, just empowering individuals to have um, to be able to teach and be ready to help out. Um, that's all we got right now. Well, that's okay. That's good. It's a start, right? Yes. Empowering people, right? That's important. True. If we don't empower them, who will? Yes. Nobody, right? Not the youth pastor. <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. But for real, that's very, very important. You want to empower them to teach God's work. Huge. And should be the basis of all of what we're doing. Very good. What about you guys? You knew I was coming here. I started there and worked my way around. And yet they're all like, please don't look at me right now. I could have made you sit on this side of the table so you had to look at everyone else, but I didn't. Nobody wants to share anything? Just, I mean, we've just been doing where we're just about encouraging the kids and helping them along in their spiritual journey and, and creating an adventurous way of doing it. Good. Through science and different things that they can hands on. Good. Good. So, making it exciting, right? Is that important? Is that important for kids that things be exciting? Is it important for adults? Yes. 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 I love when I get an opportunity to teach our adults and they say things to me after church like, you know what, I've heard that a hundred times before, but I never heard it like I heard it today. And I'm going to remember that. That's important, right? Because it made it exciting and fun and we blew stuff up and lit things on fire. And I'm kind of known for that on my district. <laughs> I teach at our, at our district kids camps and um, have the opportunity to speak into leadership there and be part of that. And, um, they, my team always knows, oh, Kim's teaching tonight, we better get the fire extinguisher out. And I'm like, well, let me just say that I always have the children's attention and the adults are learning too. Important, right? So what I'm hearing each of you say in different ways, in different words, is that what we want is a place that passionate leaders gather together to pour into and disciple our kids in an engaging and fun way. Would that, you feel like that's true? And we're incorporating families, which is hugely important in today's society. Our families need every single tool that we can give them to parent. Parenting is not the job today that it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, right? It just isn't, it isn't. Social media has changed the way that our parents um, parent. It's changed the things that our kids are exposed to and our teenagers. It's given them opportunity to communicate um, with no boundaries because they don't have the knowledge to have those boundaries. And so equipping parents to equip our kids is super important. Okay, so if we go back to recruiting the volunteers, people will follow vision and passion. Those are your two blanks, vision and passion. 
You could stand in front of your congregation all day long and say, children's ministry is a wonderful place. I love children. I can't wait to teach them about God. I want to do impactful things there. I da-da-da-da-da. And you could go on and on about how the president is coming and his limo is going to be right down the street and Air Force One is landing right now. But if you never say any of those things of passion, right, it's not going to be received. They won't hear you. They'll be listening, and then they're going to be like, oh, hey, did you see that football game last night? That's awesome, right? Did you see that guy fall out of the stands? That was so funny. Totally messed what you were saying. You got to hook them in, right? Right? <laughs> Have I not hooked you in? Do I need to do a little song and dance up here? Because I will. All right, so you have to communicate with passion. When I talk to my people from um, the platform in the worship center, it's, it's one of my favorite, favorite things to do in our church because I am with the little people all the time and if you don't communicate to little people with passion and vision and excitement they're gone and so it's really the only way I know how to communicate and so um, they uh, my our staff teases me and they're like oh here she comes the pastor of energy <laughs> and then I come and um, people remember what I say but it's because when I walk in I have a game plan. I don't walk in unprepared. I know what I'm about to say. I know what I need to communicate. And I care about it deeply. And I want other people to care about it. Um, sometimes what we do is almost like being a salesperson. And I don't want you to misinterpret what I'm saying when I say that. But we are influencing people. We are persuading them to join our team, right? We're, we're not selling cars, okay? I'm not gonna persuade you to buy this nice red car that won't fit your whole family because it only has two doors and one seat. But what I am persuading you to do is join my team for the kingdom's sake. And that's important, right? So when I can say those things with passion, when I can remind people the purpose and the vision behind them, then they're gonna wanna be part of our team. Now, people with children oftentimes are the people that want to be part of our team, right? Because they have a vested interest in what happens in our ministries because they have children in our ministries and they want to be part of that. But how do we go beyond those people? Anybody have an idea? How do we go beyond those people, the people who have kids, to the maybe the older segment of, in our congregation or the younger segment, in our, like our teenagers, our college students, um, our single adults, our um, retired folks. How do we get to those people, those pockets in our congregation? You probably have a very succinct answer in mind, but one of the things that we try to do in our church is we communicate that every age group uh, capable of doing what we're asking them to do uh -huh. is investing into an eternity. They're not babysitting. Yep. They're That's right. investing into That's right. So That's awesome. Buying into the greater vision of more than just taking care of kids. Right, exactly. Now, what about somebody who says, I am really busy and I can't commit to, I really can't even commit to once a month. What about those people? Do you do things or we have opportunities for those kind of people to serve? What can you commit to? Yes or no? <laughs> just yes. Yeah, right, we do, right. What can you commit to? So, for example, maybe something that we would do in our church, we do a big fall event. We call it Trunk or Treat. It's well known in our community. So in order to gather people to be part of that event, I am going to need the 20-somethings that are like, Wah! 
to man the inflatables, right? Because those are the people that I'm like, oh, Jesus, just be with them so it doesn't have to be me, <laughs> right? Because the kids are jumping and they're sweaty and there's like clown makeup everywhere, right? It's weird and crazy and the kids love it and that's how it should be. But I need high energy people to man those things. But we do trunk or treat where people come and it's like their porch, but it's right out of the back of their car and they put a pumpkin and a lawn chair and a bale of hay and a bucket of candy. And guess who can do that in my, in my congregation and love kids and empower kids and high five kids? my senior adults and that's where I hit them I'm like hey you know what you know that thing you love to do at your house where you sit on your porch with your husband and you pass out candy to the kids and you love to see them all come and be all dressed up well wouldn't it be great if you could do that and share God's love because I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that I'm going to write your name on this parking spot right here and we do and they come and they love it and it's their favorite thing this year, I haven't even started advertising for Trunk or Treat, and I have had three people come to me separately in our congregation. One, randomly, being my own father, who has a camper and who has been watching Peppa Pig with his <laughs> granddaughter, my daughter, and he says, don't tell Cadence, but I want to do Trunk or Treat, and I want to bring the camper, and I already bought some overalls, and I'm going to dress up like um, Grandpa Pig, and I'm going to pass out candy. And then, true story, he said, <laughs> Which I don't know if you watch Peppa Pig, but if you do or have little things like that you do, you understand that at the end of every sentence that someone that is a pig says, they say, okay. So my dad, who is retired, has caught the vision for making something special for the kids. I have a friend in our church who cannot have children, who volunteers with our kids, who loves kids, who has pony that's a therapy pony. And she said, can I please, please, please bring my horse trailer and my pony to trunk or treat? I almost kissed her on the lips. I was like, <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> but I love that they're catching the vision for doing something unique to minister to kids. And that's, I think, what we miss sometimes is that our people think they have to have something um, like that we have this little box. Right? Like you said, I'm looking for a specific answer. I wasn't, actually. <laughs> Your answer was exactly what I was looking for. But they think there's this little box that we have for them to fit in, and if they don't have these perfect skills, then we don't have a place for them to serve. When our people instead have all these gifts and talents and abilities and resources, and the truth is, wouldn't it be great if we could use them all? Wouldn't it be great if we could have a 31-foot camper at Trunk or Treat with a grown man dressed like a pig, right? I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't our kids think that was the neatest thing ever? So here, we're going to jump right back into this. It says, once the vision's in place, you need to think through ministry positions. Begin to sketch out job descriptions for your team. Again, this is not a here is your five-page job description, okay? It can be something really simple, like you're gonna be a small group leader, and here's what we're gonna ask of you. We're gonna ask you to welcome kids and um, talk to them and engage them about their week. We're gonna ask you to commit to praying for them every week, and then in addition to that, we have some fun activities and games that we're gonna ask for you to do with them in Kids Church. Then you come and receive the word and worship with them. That is it. Have fun, love kids, right? Pretty simple. That takes up about this much room in an email or on a piece of paper, okay? So think through where are your needs? What kind of gifts will volunteers need in order to fulfill that opening? These job descriptions don't need to be lengthy, but they do need to be accurate. They should include a time commitment, 
That's big. Our people want to know. And a description of the ministry position. Knowing your needs is really important. And when you flip over that page, it could be something so simple as, I need someone who can be a friend, right? We have um, a couple of special needs students in our church, and they are all mainstreamed in our school system. But in our kids' church environment where it's loud and fun and crazy, they need somebody to just be with them. We don't ever desire to remove them from what we're doing. We want to include them. But in order to do that, they need a buddy. And so we have a buddy system. And it's a group of adults who are kind and um, loving and compassionate and are good listeners. And they just come to kids' church and sit with a friend. That's it. Be a buddy for Landon. Be a buddy for Joey. And they come early. They are there when our, when our special needs kids arrive. We match them up that morning. They're with the same kid every time, so there's no surprise. They go with them to small group. They come with them to worship. They sit with them during our teaching time, and then they go back to small groups with them. They are the person that gauges whether the behavior of that student is distracting or beneficial. I have a little guy right now. Actually, he used to be a little guy, and now he's taller than me. Um, and his name's Landon. And he is autistic and going through puberty, which is wowza. Um, but he's on all kinds of medication to help him. And um, it's all out of whack right now because his hormones are all out of whack. And he cannot sit. He can't. He literally cannot sit. Um, and so for him and his buddy, the conversation we had is, you know what? You know Landon. You are connected with Landon. If you feel like he can stay engaged and walk in the back of the room, then let him walk in the back of the room. As long as he's not distracting everybody else and he's, he's still listening. And I'll tell you what, he is smart, smart, smart. And he could tell me what I said five weeks ago better than I could. <laughs> so it's super, super cool, but very important in finding a place for people to serve. We need them to share the gospel. We need them to be disciples, to shepherd the kids in our community, to build relationships with kids in our church to invest in their future, make a difference, and to make kids feel welcome. Now, all those things are great, but we also need help in these areas. We need small group leaders. We need people to help with preparing things outside of our classroom time at church, right? I have a volunteer that comes in once a month and does birthday cards for my whole ministry, and she signs my name, and she puts stickers on the envelopes and washi tape all over them and puts them in the mail, and every kid in my ministry gets a birthday card for me. That's been on my like ministry bucket list forever. And it's the thing that always fell off because, you know, oh, I have to plan this large event. And, oh, I have to, this kid wants to get baptized. And now i got to go over here and do this. And, oh, I've got to, this volunteer isn't going to be here this week. And da, 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 da. Right? But this is her way to serve. She's retired. She says, Psh, give me the list. Buy me a bucket of cards. I'll do it from home all the time. Every kid in our ministry, Pastor Kim, I got your birthday card. Thank you. I'm like, you're welcome. They don't need to know I didn't write it. Right? Has my big old stamp on the outside. They love it. It makes them feel important and valued. But such a simple thing that a volunteer can come alongside of me and say, hey, I'd love to do this. So um, I pray a lot. <laughs> Lord, send me this. This is what our need is. Um, 
as you begin to seek people for filling these roles, remember that nobody wants to, and I know we're short a blank there, so please don't judge me on that one, but it says board a sinking ship. That's where that moment of panic, when you run into the worship center on a Sunday morning and scan. Who's done that? Have you scanned? I'm always like, um, my husband says I have a look. <laughs> He's like, when I see it, I duck. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, it's true. It's not a proud moment, but it's a moment of need, right? And it happens. It happens. Um, and it happens to everyone. So don't feel like, oh, gosh, if it's happened to me, I'm the worst. Nope. It, it happens to everybody. Um, but... I, um, I have a little uh, thing that I do in my ministry that I hope will be something that you can take home for you and for your team, for your sanity. Because um, on Saturday nights, and I've been in ministry long enough that um, I didn't have a cell phone when I first started, okay? So if you just walk this journey with me, it, you know, it would be like Saturday night at 8 o'clock and everything is quiet and, you know, I'm like, hey, let's go to a movie. All right, cool, let's go to a movie. That's great. Good, movie is over, came home, great. Got out the next morning, went to church, everything's good. Oh no, then cell phone started, right? Then Saturday night, I'm at a movie with my husband, and my phone rings. I don't know this number, I'm gonna answer it, hello? Oh, hey, Jude, hey, yeah. Oh, what? Oh, you're not gonna, you had to be there in the morning. Oh, that's great, that's great. Good news for me, awesome. Oh, it's because you're gonna go to a birthday party that you know about for eight weeks. Oh, okay. All right, good. I hope you have a lot of fun with Joey. All right. Okay, see you later. Now they think, oh, I did my job. I called her and I told her I'm not going to be there in less than 12 hours. So everything is good. Right? Anybody ever received a phone call like that? Mm -hmm. Anybody ever wanted to get a call. Right. Oh, well, that's true, too. Anybody ever wanted to throw your phone after getting a phone call like that? Because I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Um, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. I hate that, okay? So, there it is, honest moment. <laughs> I hate that. If I make a commitment to something, personal or professional, I'm gonna be there to follow through. But that's how I'm wired. That's how God made me. That's what my parents drove into me. And not everybody is like that. Amen, right? Yes. <clears throat> I wish they were. So, here's what I did on my team. About five years ago, I said, I'm done with the crazy. Um, we invested in uh, these little lanyards that say Recess Ministries, which, man, one more thing i got to change, right? <laughs> um, so I brought these for you guys today. Since I'm changing them anyways, I thought, you know what? This is kind of a fun little lanyard. So take a lanyard and pass them around. And everybody on our team, when they sign up to serve in our ministry, gets a lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Anybody else have an extra one floating around? We do. You do? Yeah. Try not to fight over them back there. <laughs> so, everybody on our team, when they join our team, they get a lanyard. We take their picture. Oh, good. There is one. I stole this one off my uh, board this morning. We take their picture. We put their job title right on their little name tag. And when they are serving, they wear their lanyard, okay? Now, lanyard's not really a big deal, true? It's not. It could be any color. It could be black, blue. It could be purple. It could be all different. But the point is that on a Sunday morning, when someone sees someone wearing one of these, it means a couple things. Number one, it means their background checked. 
Number two, it means they're part of a team, right? You're not just some Sunday school teacher down the hall doing your own thing. Nope, this identifies me as someone that is part of a team in our church. It has a name of where they're serving, has their picture on it, their job description. I am a person of importance. So we started wearing these. I keep these in my resource room. I have a room that used to be a closet, true story, that I was like, um, what if all this junk found a different place to live? And I put my junk in here and I made it really cool. And so on the wall in great big letters, it says, love God, love kids. And that's what we're about. And in that room on Sunday mornings, I have a Keurig, which I use every day of the week. But my volunteers use on Sunday mornings so they don't have to stop for coffee. They don't have to go here or there. They can come straight there. They get their lanyard. They put it on. We meet to pray um, for each other's needs as well as what we're going to be teaching kids that day. And they are part of something bigger than just themselves. I also instituted this policy. If you are a small group leader, you get a list of contact information for all the other small group leaders. And if you are not going to be there as a small group leader, you must call all the other small group leaders and see who will switch weeks with you. And then you notify me and tell me who's switching you on the schedule. And they do it all the time, every week. And that policy applies to our nursery team, our toddler team, our preschool team, our kids church team, my tech team, my welcome desk staff, everybody. And they all help each other out because they see that what they're doing is valuable. They see that what they're doing matters. They see that what they're doing is part of a group, part of a team. And that when one person on the team shirks off their responsibility, falls on somebody else. But instead, if we lift each other up and support each other, there's great camaraderie in that. And so we do a lot of things that are rah-rah about the team. I've kind of jumped out of our notes a little bit, but I want to show you this. Last year, we had um, a theme for the year, and it was make every week count. And so I made like 100 of these little jars, and I put gumballs in them, 52 of them. I counted them all. Yes, I did. <laughs> And I filled them up, and every volunteer got one of these jars. And every single week when we met to pray, we took one gumball out. And we kind of counted down the weeks in our year, and we did it for a whole year. We just talked about how every single week matters. And that what we do today matters for tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. And that being part of the team is more than just showing up on Sunday morning. It's praying for those kids throughout the week. It's working together as a group. It's, it's coming together as part of the body to empower the next generation. And so make every week count. It was, some, it was just so simple and so little, but it was something they could put on their window above their sink in their kitchen or in their vanity in their bathroom. And that was my challenge. I said, you just put it where you'll see it to remind you that what you do matters every single day. And that what this teacher teaches builds on what you taught and then the person before you taught them too. And that all those things come together to tell one big story of God's love. And so that was really important to us. So if we jump back into our little outline, recognize the gifts and talents that you see in them. 
affirm those gifts and talk about how they could use them in their ministry. So I shared about my little birthday card lady. She's retired. She loves it, loves to write cards. I buy her stickers and all kinds of junk she can stick in there, and she, it's just so fun, right? I have another lady that comes in once a week, and we use 252 Basics curriculum, which we love, which is an orange product. Um, and it requires an intensive amount of preparation before Sunday for small groups. But it's great stuff, and I love it. But I don't have time to gather um, 86 ping pong balls and 12 band-aids and to write this on that and stuff it inside of a balloon and make find eight decks of cards for this and da 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 da. I don't have time to do that. But I have another lady in my church who comes in every single Wednesday and she gives me a list of things that she needs and I say, okay, oh, I know we have this or oh, we only have seven of those so I'll get you two more. You know, I do the errand running. She does all of the administrative prep for all those small group tubs every single week. Every single week. If she's not gonna be there, we have a backup person that then she calls and says, hey, I'm not gonna be here. I'm gonna be out of town for two weeks. Can you cover for me? And they cover for each other. How cool is that, right? Awesome. But they're like, the kid stuff's not my thing, but I would love to help you in this way. So we found a place for them to use their gifts and talents. Um, <sighs> there are so many, many different things that are really key to coming together, right? Administrative things happen for children's ministries. Creative things happen for children's ministries. Something that's very important um, to me is that the decisions that happen in my ministry that my entire team knows, those are not Kim Bob decisions. Does that make sense? I think there was a day in my younger life of ministry that I was like, yep, that was mine. We're going to do it. I'm the leader. And that's what I said. But I'm not in that place. I think God has spoken to my heart and grown me as the leader and said, you are better when you are with this group of people who speak into what happens outside of this room. So I have a group, a team. I call them my recess leadership team because that's what they are, the leaders in my ministry. Every one of them have been in the trenches with me in ministry. Two of them are educators. One is a middle school teacher, one is an elementary school teacher. Actually, I take it back three, and one is a kindergarten teacher, so they represent different age groups. But then also, I have one that's a doctor, and I have one that works in a childcare, and they are passionate about children, they're passionate about teaching, they're passionate about reaching the lost, and they are so creative. And so we sit around the table and I say, okay, here's the dream. What's it gonna take for us to get there? Here's this new idea. What can we do to get there? And those are the people who speak into those things that happen in the ministry. Sometimes they're like, oh, whoa, that's crazy, we're not doing that. <laughs> to which I have to receive, right? That's the other piece of it. When we ask people to come around us, we have to actually listen to what they say. We can't be like, oh, yeah, thanks for all your great ideas. We're just going to go back to my idea and do what I think because I'm the pastor and that's what I said. <laughs> Sometimes that's easier, right, because their crazy creative ideas create more work for us that they don't realize. But in the end, they're awesome things that really reach our community. I would challenge you if you have a team of people to make sure 
that those people are not all the same people. Does that make sense? Like, my people serve in different areas. They have children of different ages. Some have infants, some have high schoolers, some have middle school, some have elementary. But they bring a perspective to the table that's different, all of them. And sometimes I ask questions that are important like that. Like, hey, so if we do an event that goes to 8.30, is that too hard for families with young children? What do you guys think? You know, that's important. Or hey, if we plan an event towards the end of the school year, is that too hard with exams and 100 other things that are wrapping up in our middle school and high school? You know, those perspectives are really important. So I would encourage you to bring people around you. Um, once we recruit people, our job only ramps up. True? If you recruit them, plug them into a classroom, give them a little book, boom, have a great time. I'll see you next week. They're not going to stick around. So make them part of a team. Invest in them. Get to know them. Get to know their families. Find out what makes them tick. Find out what matters to them. Love them. Appreciate them. Use that word right there in that blank is actual. Okay, not e-cards, not text messages, actual. Go to Walmart, buy a pack of cards, use a pen. Okay. I know it's really hard. <laughs> Put a stamp on it, okay? Don't hand it to them at church. Let them get it in the mail. Those things matter. That says I took time out of my schedule to recognize what you did and send you a note about it. It doesn't have to be a 12-page note. It can be, hey, I saw how you loved on Joey extra on Sunday. That rocks. Thanks for loving kids for the kingdom. PK. That's, I never sign my full name to anything. All my people in my church call me PK. That's what I put, PK. That's how they know me. Um, give them homemade goodies. That's a tough one, right? Sometimes I get in over my head on that one because I have these great, like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make, right? So my husband's like, whoa, babe. One year I thought I was going to make, I bought all these tins and I was going to make um, cinnamon sugar pretzels and I found this great recipe and it sounded like it was really going to just be awesome. Um, I, I made cinnamon sugar pretzels for like 60 volunteers, but the vessel in which I purchased to put the cinnamon sugar pretzels in was way too large and so then I couldn't just fill it a little bit, I had to fill it a lot. I had to go back to the store three times and buy more pretzels. I was making cinnamon sugar pretzels for three solid days in my house, and I was like, never again. Like, there are pretzels on every surface in my house, everywhere. I was like, okay. But things like that matter to say, hey, Merry Christmas. I made you this. Thank you for being part of my team. Right? That matters. If someone says that to me, I'm, I stop, and I'm like, what? You're so welcome. Thanks for doing that for me, right? It gives us the warm fuzzies. It makes us feel happy inside. It makes us feel loved and appreciated. And those things really do make a difference. Accommodate for their needs. Make sure that they can leave your church at a decent hour. Nobody likes to be the person who is wrangling the four kids who belong to the worship pastor and someone else on staff who have not been picked up because those people are working, right? We get that, but be the person who says, hey, Valerie, 
You know what, these are all staff kids. I'm gonna take them and your clipboard and I will take them to their parents and check them out. You go ahead and get out of here with your family. I know they're waiting on you to go to lunch today. Right, recognize those things in those people. That's real important. Nobody wants to be the person that's stuck, stuck in the classroom with the kids, right? So watch for those things because those are the things that can build frustration. Remind your people that they are making an eternal difference. Allow your volunteer team to feel so much a part of your ministry that serving becomes their passion too. If you recruit somebody, make sure that they have a job, okay? Make sure that you have a job for them. If they don't feel needed and appreciated, they won't come back. No ministry position is unimportant. Make everybody feel important and or valuable, okay? We talked a little bit about our little make every week count. And I just want to leave you with this final thing. And these are your last blanks on your paper. It says, remember, even Jesus had a team. Lead by his example and serve with your people. It's so easy for us to sit at our desk and do this, right? You go there, you go here, you do this, you do that, you do this. It's much um, harder to be in the trenches with them. But I would encourage you to do that because when your people see you serving with them, it really does make a difference. Um, if I can ever be a resource for you, a sounding board, a help, someone to pray for you, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I put my information, my contact information on your sheet. Um, and this is not my first rodeo. I pray that it is not my last um, and that the Lord will continue to use me in ministry. Um, but part of my call is to lead and equip other leaders. And so if that's something that I can help you do, please, by all means, reach out to me. Um, I'm in the trenches right along with you. I'm not somebody over here who's like, hey, here's some things I learned 20 years ago. No, I'm going to go right back to church tonight and lead a whole group of volunteers as we teach our kids. Because that's what we do, right? that's what we're called to do. Let me pray for you guys and I'll send you out. Father, thank you so much for this time to gather today. Lord, thank you for the call that you've placed on each and every person in this room. Thank you for their heart and their passion. Lord, I just ask that you would begin to bring people around them more than ever before in their churches to serve, to lead your kids, to teach, to love them, to high-five those kids, and to more than anything share your love. Lord, ministry is oftentimes a very tough place. And we ask, Lord, that you would give us strength for the race ahead, that you would give us longevity, that you would give us peace and wisdom and determination to run that race well. We love you. We thank you for this time together. Amen.